0: You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I mean, the Super Bowl is tomorrow.
1: The Super Bowl is tomorrow, so you watch the game, and then we analyze it Monday, and then you you whine for a month about oh, there's no football, there's no baseball. I miss it all. February is a tough month. Yeah, th- there's going to be a lot of people that will tell you, well, February it's it's not that bad. It's it's, it's still a good sports month. Nah. Not really. If you had to rank the sports months, February would would probably have to be last, right? I would think. Because March, you got March Madness. You got the beginning of baseball. February, you have college basketball, which is, you know, rolling along. NHL, NBA. But what do we really have to be excited about here? NHL, Islanders are good. Islanders, uh 1230 today right here, 9870 ESPN. Rangers are, are fun to watch and not going to the postseason, I don't think. Be interesting to see what they do with the deadline. Does Crowder get moved in the big one, of course? Does uh, Lundqvist get moved? Shesterkin last night. Oh, he is first of all, he's gonna score a goal at some point. He is an elite puck handler for a goalie. Second of all, he's he's gonna be great. I mean the, the future of the Rangers is very bright, but not this year. Um so February. That this is where we are. We turn the calendar February one. Let's get through this month. And then we get to March where it's a, a better sports month, but doesn't mean there won't be a lot of things to discuss. And then of course, as we've seen, things happen for good or for bad that are completely out of left field. And that's kind of where we start today. We'll get to the Super Bowl a little bit later on the extra half hour leading up to the Islanders game, uh, on 98.7 ESPN, RJ Bell at 11 o'clock. We'll do a frenzy at 9.45. We did two frenzies on the DPH Trocanti Rothenberg show yesterday. Very, very nice frenzies. So we'll do two frenzy. Uh, we'll do one frenzy. Uh, Nine forty-five stump Rothenberg. Ten thirty RJ Bell. Eleven. But we start with the story, and it go. This is not even a sports story. It's bigger than a sports story. This is a just this is just a story. This is a huge news story, and it happened last Sunday. And I was I was home, and I. I don't even know what I I had something on the TV and I was just messing around on my phone and I went on Facebook and I saw not even a friend of mine because, you know, Facebook, just a guy that I I knew at one point in my life. And he said, so sad with the TMZ link to the Kobe helicopter crash. I know there's no way there's no way this, in fact, could be true. And then I went on CNN. Nothing. Fox News. Nothing espn nothing abc nothing and i thought whew thank god thank god this was just a a stupid hoax or story or or, you know a mislink or something like that and then i didn't think about it for a little bit and then it started to trickle in more and you saw other people starting to report it and then it became more mainstream and then you realized how sad this story in fact is and then you realize how much sadder in fact this story is because it wasn't just kobe and I, and that's to me what I think, and we'll get into what the Lakers did last night, which really was not. It was not a sports event. It was not. It was much bigger than that. An eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We lead with the Lakers and and Kobe and the ceremony. But this is not a sports event. It's not. This, this is this is one of those. And the only things I can equate it to, and, and God knows how old you are. You know, I wasn't alive for Kennedy. I think that was probably bigger because that's the president of the United States. But I think to me, this is JFK Jr. Remember that? JFK Jr. was huge. And people say, well, who, who was he? Well, I mean, he was the, the son of a president and he was a celebrity in his own right, a big celebrity, and he transcended everything. And in similar fashion, he, he died in the air. Right? He was taking his plane from, from New York up to a wedding in, in the uh, Hyannisport area with his wife and her sister, mind you, which makes that even sadder. That the Bassett family lost two kids in that tragedy and they got disoriented and he probably wasn't experienced like he should have been. And the plane crashed. So there's that one. There's princess Diana, which I I know everyone remembers exactly when and and where they were. I was on the way back. It was a Saturday night on the way back from the U S open. When I heard that news, just horrible, horrible stuff. And then this one, and there's a few moments in not even sports. It's in life that you remember exactly where you were and what you were doing and how you felt and how you were affected and, and all those things. And this Kobe Bryant, death to all of us, hit home in one way or another. Either you're a big basketball fan and you loved Kobe and you feel awful for that. Or it's just the fact that Kobe's such a megastar and you feel awful for that. Or it's the fact that a, a father and son having nothing to do with basketball, because how many times do you take your kids, and I know a lot of people that listen on the Saturdays, you know, are on their way. I'm on my way right now to take my kid to indoor soccer. I mean, it's such a great part. It's honestly one of my favorite parts of being a dad is those trips to the whatever, those trips to the game, those trips to the practice, those trips to the workout. And I do it all the time. And I love it. Because my oldest is now 13, the exact same age as Gianna. And when we drive, he has no choice but to sit there and we talk. And we drive to baseball practice. And we did it on Thursday of this week. 20-minute drive. And you know what we do the whole time? We just talk. What's going on in school? What's going on with the girls? What's going on in his personal life? What's going on? And then he'll ask me, you know, then then the questions start. Dad, do you think that Lawrence Taylor would have been a great player in this era? And I never take it for granted. Ever. And it's great. And I love it. And that's what Kobe was doing. Now, he was doing it in a different way than any of us can afford to do. He was taking a helicopter from point A to point B. But the same thing. The same thing. A dad taking his son or daughter to a sporting event. That'll be the last time they ever attempt to go to one. And it's so sad. And it's so sad. Forget about the fact that he seemed like a great friend. And a great guy. And a great dad. And he was a great Laker and a great NBA player. It was a father taking his daughter to the sporting event. It's so tragic. And we use the word tragic all the time. And some things are and some things aren't. And we get wrapped up in, I mean, me especially. My team loses by, you know, this week, Georgetown. They're 14 to, to Butler. They blow the game. And I'm incensed. And she says, what's wrong? They blew this game. They always do this. They're 2-6 and six in the Big East. I can't take it anymore. In the grand scheme of things, does any of it really matter? Not really. 809193776. You figure the Lakers would do it properly and in typical Lakers fashion, they did it properly. And and one more thing. If you're of this mindset that you don't like LeBron or LeBron doesn't get it or LeBron's not a great guy, you're out of your mind because There is no better ambassador for the game. There is no better guy than LeBron James. And when he spoke last night, you felt it. Here he is last night, Staples Center, before the game, very emotional ceremony. He said, you know what? I have a script here. Forget it. I'm just going to talk off the heart. And here's LeBron.
2: I got something written down. You know, they asked me to kind of stay on course or whatever the case may be, but Laker Nation, man, I would be selling y'all short if I read off this shit. so I'm going to go straight from the heart.
1: And that, of course, is the beginning of LeBron. Let's hear more on Laker Nation, not just being a community, being a real family.
2: The first thing that come to mind, man, is all about family. And as I look around this arena, we're all grieving. We're all hurt. We're all heartbroken. But when we're going through things like this, the best thing you can do is lean on the shoulders of your family. And from Sunday morning all the way to this point, now I heard about Laker Nation before I got here last year about how much of a family it is. And that is absolutely what I've seen this whole week, not only from the players, not only from the coaching staff, not only from the organization, but from everybody. Everybody that's here, this is really, truly, truly a family. And I know Kobe and Gianna and Vanessa and everybody, thank you guys from the bottom of their heart, as Kobe said.
1: And this is a really, really tough night. And this has been a really, really tough week. And we did the show on Monday, Chris, Rick, and I. And it was one of the toughest shows I've ever had to do. I've had a few shows in my in my radio career that I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to do. And this was one on Monday. By the time I finished the show on Monday and I never met Kobe, I don't even think I've ever seen him play in person. But you all feel this unbelievable connection. And it's not like Kobe Bryant retired at 37 and you never saw him. It was the opposite. Kobe Bryant retired at 37 and was more human in the last four years than he was in the first 37. Because you saw all the time how much family mattered to him. And I I, I think that's why this transcends everything. Because it wasn't a sports story. It was an icon of a sport who was much bigger than that. I know LeBron was great last night when he started the the, the talk and the speech, and he named everyone because there were nine people that died. It wasn't Kobe and Gianna. It was seven others, and they mentioned all seven, and they took a moment for all of them, and it's a terrible day and a terrible tragedy. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Guys, we're not going to spend the entirety of the show today on Kobe. So if there is something you want to say now, in fact, would be the time. We'll probably spend the next, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes and then flip over to football. We got Stump Rothenberg at 1030, RJ Bell at 11, uh, go around the NFL and, and all the prop bets and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, extra time, by the way, today. I don't they always get me, but we're staying until 1230, leading up to the Islanders and the Canucks here on 98-7. ESPN. Let's hear a little bit more from LeBron here at Staples Center last night on celebrating number eight, number twenty-four, Kobe Bryant.
2: Now I know at some point we will have a memorial for Kobe, but I look at this, I look at this as a celebration tonight. This is this is a celebration of the twenty years of the blood, the sweat, the tears the broken-down body, the getting up, the sitting down, the everything, the countless hours. The determination to be as great as he could be. Tonight, we celebrate the kid that came here at 18 years of age, retired at 38, and became probably the best dad that we've seen over the last three years, man.
1: And that, of course, LeBron from last night. And everyone has their, their lasting memory, right? Everyone has that that moment. For me, it's not even this great play. It's not. For me, it's when he tore his Achilles, went to the line, knocked down two free throws, and could barely hobble his way off. And what I love about him and and the way he attacked everything, win or lose, he was going to outwork you. And I, I try, and listen, no one's going to be Kobe. I try. To instill that in my kids. Win or lose, you can't get outworked. On the court, on the field, off the field. And that's the thing. In anything. you If you give everything you have to something, it's hard to be beaten in anything. And it's hard to not feel like, like a winner regardless. And that's what he did. I mean, the stories, I'm watching the Georgetown game when it collapsed this weekend's Butler. And they told the story when Patrick Ewing was an assistant coach with Orlando and Kobe went to him after a game. No, it wasn't after a game. That's a different story where he said, can I get the keys to the gym at 430 in the morning? But Kobe was, was in Orlando on vacation with his family. And he said to Patrick, can I, can I work out in the facility? And Patrick said, well, well I mean, I guess, but you can't really be there at the same time as the team. They get priority. He said, that's fine. I said, "What do you mean? It's fine. When are you going to go?" He said, "Probably four four thirty in the morning." He said, "You're on vacation in Disney with your family. You're going to go at four four thirty in the morning?" Yeah, I got to get my workout in, and I'll probably go again at like ten thirty or eleven. You ever been to Disney? A day of Disney is in its own right. It might be the most exhausting day in the history of the world. Now you want to work out at four, do Disney, and work out again? That's the difference. Jack in the car. Jack, lead us off on a Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN.
0: Hey, Dave. How are you? Good. Uh, you know what? Uh, what blows my mind is I know we all were in the same boat last weekend when when uh, you know I started getting messages about Kobe and this and that. How the heck does TMZ break these stories all the time before, like, CBS? Because they have any- sources.
1: Because they have a million sources at, at all, all the police entities, and, and those places reach out to them, and, and they get the information.
0: It, it blows my mind. It, it blows my mind that, a thing, that TMZ is going to break a story like this. But they break that, a lot of stuff. And, that, and actually, to be honest with you, Jack, that's part
1: of the reason I was so upset about it. If it was, you know, some, some non-entity, i would be like, all right, this is not true. TMZ, for, like it or not, and they pay a lot of people and a lot of sources for the information, but they are a, a reliable entity. And when I saw it was TMZ, I was like, oh, God, it's TMZ. Yeah, well,
0: that, well yeah, that, that's how I feel. I'm like, I felt like CNN or, or uh, Fox or NBC, CBS, they should have been on top of this.
1: Well, what do you mean they should have been on top of it? I mean, if 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 someone somewhere broke the story to TMZ, CNN, ABC, ESPN, Fox, all they still have to do their due diligence. And you saw a lot of bad reporting with this. You saw a lot of of misreporting, and and, and it's amazing to me because it used to be, let me get the story right, and you see with everything. Where's this guy going to sign? Where's this guy going to get traded? Well, I got to find it first. I got to get it first. It's bad enough when it comes to, is Nolan Arenado going to wind up on the Cardinals or the Yankees or the the Dodgers or whoever? It's embarrassing and pathetic when you do it with with lives. Well, this many people died. Well, it's not true. Rick Fox is on the the helicopter. It's not true. It's embarrassing. I mean, is this really something you desperately want to be first in? You have to find out if it's true first. Jatin in the car. Jatin, you're on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Hey, how you doing, Dave? Good. What's Um, going on? Thank you so much. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to touch on the Kobe uh, situation. Uh, I'm a huge uh, cricket fan, and I actually found out about it while I was watching India versus New Zealand. So that just tells you, I mean, you're talking about completely isolated fan base. Like, yeah, you'll have a cricket and NBA fan mix every now and then, but in general if a cricket match is going on you're not going to really hear anything about a basketball and the commentator touched on nba legend just you know, got in a helicopter crash. And you're like, wait a, wait a second, did I just hear Kobe Bryant's name while I'm watching a cricket match? That tells you how globally he was known in other sports that might not be so popular here in the U.S. Uh, I, I'm watching this, and I see a, India's cricket team captain. He goes on, and he's just crying. And then you see, you, you go, go on to Australian Open, you yep. see Mexico And you saw crying. Djokovic
1: and Federer and Nadal, and yep. you're right. I mean, th- this affected everyone. And the thing about the NBA, and thanks to the College team. The thing about the NBA is it's a, it's a worldwide entity. And, and, you know, Commissioner Stern and Commissioner Silver have done an amazing, amazing job in making it that way. But in China, this is a big deal. And of course, look, there, there's players from China. There's players from Europe. There's players from, from all over the place. So, you know, those fans become fans of the league, fans of the game, and they fall in love with the NBA and they, and they watch it. You know, it's different than the NFL where there is no outside player. You know, you, you, have, you have that huge offensive lineman for the Eagles from Australia, but you, not a lot. But the NBA is a global league, and you saw the effect it's had on everyone. All right, let's take a, a listen a little bit more to what LeBron had to say last night. Here is LeBron on his favorite memory of Kobe Bryant.
2: One of my dreams come true was to um, be on a redeemed team and accept the invitation to be a part of the Olympic team in 08. And those um, the thirty-seven or forty-two days that we just spent, so many, so many gems watching her from afar. I mean, you can see a lot of the clips uh, from a lot of our practices when me and Kobe are kind of leading the gang and leading the troops, and um, you can tell uh, both of us are like uh, seeing which one is the alpha dog at the point in time, and, you know. But at the same time, got so much mutual respect and so much drip, so much drive. I just kind of just watched and. Um, see what he was able to do, why he was great.
1: And that, of course, LeBron from last night. And I can't say enough how impressed I am by LeBron James. And I know there's a lot of naysayers that, well, he, you know, he they're not going to win three, they're not going to win four, and he went to Miami and he goes back to Cleveland, now he goes to the Lakers, and, you know, Michael never went here, he's never Michael. You know what? In many ways, he's better than Michael. In a lot of ways, he's better than Michael. Michael was great. And Michael might be the greatest player we've ever seen. But LeBron is is in some ways bigger than that. And the way he handled himself last night, you know, all we do is, I want to say a word I probably can't say on these guys. And all LeBron ever does is handle himself the right way. I mean, really. What has LeBron ever done that you look at and say, see, there, there it is. There's the LeBron that I've been picking on for all these years. What has he ever done? Lakers are lucky to have him. And L.A. is lucky to have him. The city of L.A. this week has been lucky to have him. And last night was lucky to have him. Because I watch him, and every time he he has a moment, like, like a huge moment, he does it right. What's the, what's the worst thing you can say about LeBron James? Well, that decision wasn't great. It looks scripted. So he's trying to raise money for the Boys and Girls Club, and he had a misstep, and it wasn't his finest moment. Look at all the athletes that we talk about all the time. And this is where we beat up LeBron James for. So again, it's not about LeBron, but I think I think he's much underappreciated in every way. And here's the end of the speech last night.
2: I want to continue along with my teammates to continue his legacy, not only for this year, but as long as we can play the game of basketball that we love, because that's what Kobe Bryant will want. So, in the words of Kobe Bryant, Mamba out. But in the words of us, not forgotten. Live on, brother.
1: And that was some scene at the Staples Center last night. And in, in completely unimportant fashion, I think the Lakers lost by 8 127, 119. Dame Lillard had a huge game, but that wasn't what it was about at all. It was much, much bigger than that. And it was much, much bigger than that. And a great job by the Lakers. I mean, Usher was there. It was great. Boys to Men were there. They were great. Um, Yo-Yo Ma was there. He was great. And you know what was great about the broadcast last night? And I think that most people wanted to and, and did watch this game. Um, is that they didn't even analyze the game. They were not sitting there saying, you know, Lakers down six, two minutes to go, second quarter. This was, it was almost like a talk show. It was almost like we have a game going in the background. If something huge or a moment happens, we'll mention it. We're just going to talk about Kobe Bryant and stories about Kobe Bryant. And it was unbelievable. Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson were absolutely impeccable last night. It was a great
0: broadcast. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The Knicks
1: did what the Knicks do. And this is what's so difficult for me. And we're not going to spend a ton of time on the Knicks, but I just want to spend a couple minutes before we get over to the Super Bowl in the NFL. And I just, I can't wrap my arms around the fact that as a Knicks fan, and I love this team and I love this organization. They might say, well, they're so poorly run. Whatever the case may be, they're my team, right? I mean, if your kid comes in with a 55 on a Spanish test, it's still your kid. You still love him. You still feel this, this, you know, tie to him, to that. I mean, I've been a Knicks fan since I'm seven years old. I've been to the Garden countless times I'm a Knicks fan but I will tell you what they do not make it easy to root for this team I mean every step of the way and they do it again this week and what's so disgusting disappointing and difficult for me the 3ds is that I don't know that it's ever going to get better you know you look at this is 20 years and outside of one little blip here or one good season there or oh my god 54 wins and second round which for other teams I would be like all right we had a good season for the Knicks that's the best season they've had in the last 20 years but if you look at what they've been For 20 years. And and then this week. And the only reason we even discuss them. Is because they did more stuff that makes you shake your head. Now Jay Crowder. I mean give me a break. You That is that is Bush League to the nth degree. And I heard Legler on on with the K show. And he's right. To be lurking in the weeds there. And steal the ball. Is Bush League. But the Knicks said you know what fine. You got the ball. Fine. And to run to the corner. Spot up for a three and try to knock it down up 15 in the final minute of the game. And again, look, the Knicks stink. No one is defending their effort, their performance, any of those things. But you're Jay Crowder. That That is that is a repulsive act in an NBA game. Now, what bothers me is that until that moment of said game, it seemed like the Knicks didn't care at all. And it's so frustrating because we went through this with Fizdale. Well, it doesn't look like they care. And then Mike Miller comes aboard, and then you say to yourself, well, you know, it's going to get a little better. And it did for moments. I mean, they are lousy. And this I'm supposed to buy into was the plan B? This was plan B. They had this, oh, guys, we've sat around conference tables for months, and if we don't get Durant and we don't get Kyrie, we we do have other plans in place. This was it? And I'm not saying that – R.J. Barrett's not going to be a good NBA player or a great NBA player because I think he's going to be very, very good. And I I am excited by him right now. But John Morant and Zion Williamson look like the real deal. Like you watched John Morant the other night, and he just—he looks like he's going to be a star. And I'm not saying that Barrett won't be, but right now it's a little premature to make that determination. And Zion will absolutely be a star. So the thought this offseason is Zion, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and the entire thing changes. And instead we've got Marcus Morris, Bobby Portis, and RJ Barrett. It's a far cry from what we thought. But it's the same thing. I mean, it is the same thing. You know, you're this bad. You should be in the process of rebuilding. Do you let me, let me ask you a question. Do you trust Steve Mills? Do you trust Scott Perry? Do you trust Mike Miller? I mean, do you do you trust these guys? Steve Pills, Mills has been in and out of this organization for 20 years. For 20 years. Look at what the Knicks have been for the last 20 years. And, and everyone will say, well, you can't blame Dolan because he spends so much money on the guys. He hired Phil Jackson. You, you'd have been better off bringing like like a, a corpse to run this team. Phil Jackson, the, the, you've heard, he used to go to players' workouts and fall asleep during them. The triangle? I mean, it would be like if Dave Gettleman came out this week and said, all right, we're going to, we're going to start to run the wing tee. The wing tee is where we see the future of the NFL. The triangle? And we can't take Donovan Mitchell because Frank Nilakina is the answer and we'll probably run the triangle better. If you had Donovan Mitchell, you'd still have Christoph Sporzengis and you'd have a legitimate basketball team. But how am I supposed to? How is anybody supposed to have any modicum of excitement when it comes to this organization? How? Explain it. I, I can't figure it out. I'm I'm immune to it at this point. I'm apathetic about it. Me, who loves sports more than almost anybody on this planet, when thinking about the Knicks, I'm like, all right, well, whatever. I mean, the Mets play 162 games. Come hell or high water. At some point during the game, I'm going to find a way to watch some of it. Probably watch 120 games in its entirety. Probably watch bits and pieces of of the remaining 40. The Knicks are like, well, the Knicks are playing. Do you want to watch it? Eh. It's a chore. Being an Knicks fan is a chore. And the thing that's so difficult for me is, uh, is it getting better? Are we on the verge of things changing? doesn't feel like it right now. Didn't feel like it last year. Didn't feel like it the year before. It never feels like it. It never feels like it. And that's what's so awful about this. Is if you told me, all right, Dave, in 2024, you're going to have a, you're going to have a terrific team. I have no idea. How is it that the Rangers last year decide, all right, or two years ago, we're going to send out a letter. We're going to strip it down. We're going to build it back up. And they're not going to go to the playoffs this year. But you tell me that you're not all in on what the Rangers are doing. You're all in. So how is it that a team that has the same owner in the same building with the same fans can do it so right and the Knicks can never find a way to do it right ever? How? How's that possible? I mean, what they have to do and this is the only, the only way I can see this changing is you got to find the right GM and you got to get out of his way. And I don't know whether it's bringing in some, you know, R.C. Buford. I don't know who it is. Masayu Ujiri, if you can find a way to finagle him out of uh, out of Toronto, but you got to find the right guy, give him all the power, and get out of his way. That is the only way this thing has a chance of changing. Because right now, it's brutal, and, and I don't see it getting any better. And that, to me, is is the the part that's so infuriating. And you know what? Let's see if the Giants are any different shape than the Knicks are. This is a big year for the Giants. And I I think that they are because I think the ownership is a little more stable. I think that they have more pieces. I mean, what do the Knicks have? Right now, the Knicks have a roster. And how many of these guys do you look at and say, all right, I like him? How many? Can you tell me that you like Kevin Knox? Can you tell me that you like Frank Nilekina? You like R.J. Barrett. I mean, let's be fair. RJ Barrett could turn out to be an above average, completely unelite player. He could be really good and he could not be. So they have a roster, they've had, they've had top 10, 12 picks for years. And how many guys on this roster do you look at and say, "I like him?" Maybe one. Marcus Morris, maybe two. And Marcus Morris, and that's a thing that's so frustrating to me as a Knicks fan. The only time They're even relevant of discussion right now is when they do something poorly. Right? So, so they, Alfred Payton foul, you know, dives into the midsection of Jay Crowder, a fight ensues and we talk about that. And then to make matters worse, which is unbelievable, Marcus Morris comes out with, with this statement about how womanly and, and womanlike and it was just like a woman and and soft like a woman. What are you doing? And a lot of defenders of him said, well, you know, that's not really what he meant. He wanted to say things that he couldn't say. Well, you would have been better off saying things you weren't allowed to say than saying that. And the fact that that thought even goes through your head makes this entire thing worse. I- I'm sorry. I know we probably shouldn't even talk about the Knicks today. I know we have the Super Bowl tomorrow, but it is so frustrating to me. I mean, Ty says earlier, you know, one of my best life decisions was choosing the, the Lakers over the Knicks. And typically, I'd I'd say you're a fraud, and how could you do that? You're a New Yorker. But you know what? Good for you. Save yourself. Get out of here. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And
0: sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply (laughs) face, not very popular kid. But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's Dump! Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg.
1: Now, I don't know the success you'll have, but you can try. And Stump Rothenberg is brought to you by the law offices of the world-renowned attorney, Andrew M. Cohen. It should be like Andrew M. Cohen III. That would make it sound more dignified, but even so, Andrew M. Cohen. All right, Ty, you ready to roll here, 800-919-3776?
3: Let's do it.
1: You feel like these people are screened to the maximum capabilities that you have,
3: the best they've ever been. All I'm right, be honest.
1: Are you going to participate as well?
3: I absolutely will. And right. just a, a tease: it mm. is a question related to the Super Bowl.
1: Is that right? Yes. Which is where we're going to move forward after the segment of Stump Rothenberg and Kyrie. Will you also be participating in said segment?
3: I will. I will as well.
1: You have a great question.
0: You know, uh, not great. I have a. I have a question.
1: That that. Does not inspire confidence, it's but I'm- right, bringing
3: I, endorsement of yeah. the question.
0: <laughs> do you have a
1: great question? No, but I have a, a question. I mean, have you ever felt less confident in anything, Ty, than, than you do in his question than he asked? I'm, it? I'm
3: gonna take up for my boy, but what I will say is, I mean, that's not, that is, doesn't necessarily inspire you to want to ask yeah. him the question.
1: Do you have a great question? I have a question. Alright, let's go. Mike in Farmingdale, Mike, in a positive way, to lead us off on Stump Rothenberg.
0: Dave, hey, what's up, man? What's up, bud? All right, so I'm actually calling from Boston today, so I have a Boston question. Okay. All right, what player holds the record for the most hits in a season on the Red Sox?
1: Oh, all right, so, I mean, the first one would be, you think, I would think Ted Williams, but it could be Pedroia or Um, Someone that hits towards the top of the lineup. Um, it's not gonna be Carlton Fisk. It could be Fred Lynn. Um, hmm, I'm thinking Pedroia, but I'm thinking, is there any any other? Ted Williams. It's gonna be Williams or Pedroia. Uh I'm gonna go with Ted Williams.
0: Incorrect, sir. Wade Boggs, 240, 1985.
1: Mm, that's good. That's a good question, too. And I should have gotten that. It's disappointing. I mean, he was such a great hitter. All right. 0 oh, for 1. I should have got that. I didn't, even, I didn't even think of Wade Boggs. Let's go to Sean and Stanford. Sean, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey,
0: dude. How's it going? Good. What's up, Sean? Okay. Okay. My question is on actors. Okay. Okay. Who is the only actor to appear in films directed by both Mel Brooks and Stanley Kubrick?
1: All right, Mel Brooks and Stanley Kubrick. Um, this is a very difficult question. Mm. Is Peter Sellers? Uh, I don't know if it's Peter Sellers. I'm going to go with Peter Sellers, but I don't know if that's right.
0: Nope, it isn't.
1: Uh, what's the answer?
0: Slim Pickens.
1: All right. I mean, you know, Ty. I think that could be potentially on you.
3: How's that I mean, on me,
1: Slim Pickens?
3: You're you're blaming your failures on me.
1: That was, I mean, the first question, good. The second question, no. I mean, man up, good. man up, Dave. I mean, really, Slim Pickens. That's that's where we're going here. Kyrie, you're the you're the arbiter here. Was that a, was first question? No issues. Wade Boggs, great question. The second one, you feel good about that?
0: I think you're don't uh, you know a little sour grapes here because
1: well, I mean I'm not in a good mood. I feel like mood. you've I mean, got no questions doubt about it. like
0: that. Uh, knocked them out of the park in the past. I think you just got it wrong, and now you're blaming the question.
1: Of course, uh, of course, because you guys are on the other side. You share airspace. You're gonna, you're gonna confide in each other. It's fine. So I'm on an island all by myself. carrying in the car. Carry, you're next up. Hey, Good morning, Dave. How are you? What's up, Carrie? Good morning.
0: So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Super Bowl here because it's Super okay. Bowl weekend, and I'm gonna call an audible. Actually, I've oh, speaking to Ty. I believe you would have gotten this question too easily. So I'm going to call an audible and ask you a different question. All right. Okay. So here we go. So four coaches. Oh, here we go. Lost now, you know we're not Super supposed Bowls.
1: to do like four coaches, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, hear me out. Hear me All out. Right. Four coaches lost four Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. Two of those four coaches lost at least two Super Bowls coaching two different teams. Name one of them.
1: Four coaches lost four Super Bowls. Two of them, give it, give it to me again.
0: Four coaches lost four Super Bowls. Right. Two of those four coaches lost Super Bowls coaching two different teams. Can you name one of them? Well,
1: Dan Reeves. There you go. All right. Oh! All right. So he, he audibled up, and we, we still got that anyway. All right, we're one and two rolling along here. Let's go to Chris, who's typically very good in Stump Rothenberg. Chris, you're on Stump
4: Rothenberg. I am, I am, Dave, and I'm so good. And
1: very, very conceited. I say you're very good, and you're like, yes, I I, am.
4: I'm I'm like you, Dave. I'm a big giant Mets fan. I'm like you in every way. So, anyhow, and conceited as well. Anyhow, I was going to say I'm so good that Ty didn't even, uh, he didn't even, uh, Screen my question because it's going to be a good one. I swear to God. All right. What's your topic? What's your topic? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Okay. Which player fumbled the most time in Super Bowl history career?
1: Now is this fumbles in in just fumbles or fumbles lost?
4: Fumbles. Fumbles the ball. You know whether it's fumbles. You know it's it's counted as a fumble. It it's never it never goes down as a. You know, I think them, Roger Staubach
1: a, is the answer. There you go. That's All the right. answer. All right. Can I? Can I get the music? Here? Thank you. I mean, you're so quick to play the buzzer. Comedy, I, I, I only it, If I get it right, I it's knew. like I have to. I have to call
3: for the, bu- I, for the ding. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I knew it. And so am, I I right? am I not right?
1: Am I not right?
3: <laughs> Dave, that was phenomenal. Great job. Thank
1: man. you. What you don't realize, I need. I need pats
3: on the back. You need I'm validation. Very fr- I'm very fragile. You claim to be so great. But you need validation.
1: I mean I've I've hit two in a row that most people would not have known.
3: How dare Kyrie delay the, the sound effect by two seconds?
1: You're right. I feel the same way. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Super Bowl, Dave. All right.
0: Who was the oldest player ever to be rostered in the Super Bowl?
1: <sighs> Old so so you say rostered, does that mean he didn't play? So,
0: so simply the oldest player to ever appear on a roster in the Super Bowl, but he did, did in fact not play in the game.
1: So I'm thinking Blanda, but I'm not going with that as my official guess yet. <sighs> I wonder if Brady is the oldest. No, it's got to be someone older than Brady. Um, And then you know, th- Terry has not been in the Super Bowl for a while. It's going to be a kicker. I- I'm going to, I think it's wrong. But I'm gonna go with George Blanda.
0: Nope, it's Steve the with the Falcons.
1: Steve with the
0: Falcons. Okay. All right.
1: That's a good question. Uh two and three as we continue along here. Let's go. The only one I'm bothered by is the Slim Pickens question. I think is just it's ridiculous. It's you, no one would know that. The other the others that I missed, I'm well within reason. All right. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Ty, you said you'd like to ask a question? Yes. All right, have you have you given it to Kyrie? Where he said that's a good question. I have, and he agrees. Is a good question. He agrees, of uh-huh. course. Okay, you uh, say, of course, like like you're you're top level here. Go ahead.
3: The last Super Bowl played in January.
1: Oh God, um,
3: you're supposed to be a football guy.
1: Yeah, because I'm not a I'm not a football guy. Uh, the last Super Bowl that we played in January. All right, so the Giants definitely have played Super Bowls in January. Um, now I was at Bucks Raiders, which was definitely a January Super Bowl. I think that's the last one that was in January.
3: You need to give me an answer. I'm not going to be one of those guys who prematurely crowns you or tells you that you're wrong.
1: Which means clearly that I'm right. So I will now officially lock in 48-21. Bucks over the Raiders out in San Diego,
3: and you would be correct. That game, There's Super Bowl no. Thirty Seven, played There's on January no twenty sixth,
1: and the MVP of that game was
3: Ooh, that's a good question, Dexter Jackson. The safety. look
1: at you. See you. Maybe you'll have Stump Butler next week. Ten forty
3: five. So Stump Butler starts at twelve fifteen because we got an extra half hour today. That I hear yeah, you're hosting you the show from twelve to 12.30. That you have no interest in.
1: You're you're hosting the show from twelve to twelve thirty. All right. So there you go. That that's a nice question, uh, and that was a good question you asked. And I knew I was right. I was confident anyway. But when you said, are you sure that's where you want to go, that locked it in for me. Because if I was wrong, you would have been like, ah. He would have had the buzzer. Before I even said yes, this guy would have had the buzzer going off multiple times like Big Ben.
3: <laughs> you see how fast I gave you that correct answer? It was a beautiful Salvo. answer. You're 3-3, and three, 500. Just like the... your uh, favorite quarterback of all time.
1: He'll be a Hall of Famer. Uh, let's go to Keith in Jersey. Keith, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. What's going on, man? What's going on, Keith? Are you going Super
4: Bowl as well? I'm actually going acting, but I hope you like mine more than the other guys from Would before. you not agree,
1: as an independent arbitrator, that the question from the other gentleman was not great?
4: As a fan of both of those directors, even I was a little bit kind of mm-hmm. miffed by the question, so yeah. you're in Thank good you. company with this one. Okay. All right, so this year's Oscar nominees for acting uh, for the male actors, both categories, lots of heavy hitters in both categories. Who is the only one that currently has a Triple Crown in acting on their record? So they've already won an Emmy, they've already won a Tony, and they've already won an Oscar. Oh, boy. Um, and this is for the best actor of this year? So this could be either supporting actor or oh. lead actor, but it's the male nominees. And if you look at the list, there's a lot of big names on those lists.
1: Yeah, so I don't I don't think it's Darris
4: and it's not... So what? What are the three that he's won? An Emmy, an Emmy that's so television. Not, not a Grammy, right? No, not a Grammy. Emmy for uh, television. Right. Tony for acting on Broadway, and then already an Oscar.
1: So it's not going to be Best Actor, right? Because you said it can be anything.
4: So it has to be either Best Lead Actor or Best Supporting Actor. So it's an actor nominated. So it's not going to be
1: Adam Driver. Benadaris, I'm not sure about Joaquin Phoenix. So it's so it's Emmy, Oscar. And And, Tony. And Tony. So it's someone that's done stage. And I don't think it's Leonardo. And they're Um,
4: all acting awards.
1: They're all acting awards. They're all acting awards. All right. Um, So I'm thinking Banderas or or Phoenix. And then supporting is is who? It's Pesci. Could be Anthony Hopkins. Boy, you do have some big hitters.
4: There are. They're great nominees this year, man. They really are. And Brad Pitt
1: as well. I think Tom Hanks is up as well.
4: I believe Boy, he is.
1: Yeah, this is a really tough question. I'm Hopefully gonna, it's a good question. Yeah, I'm going to go, and I have no idea. I'm going to, I'm torn between Hanks and
4: Hopkins. I'm going to say
1: Anthony Hopkins.
4: Unfortunately, it is not. Hopkins is not. He doesn't have a Tony. So it's uh, Pacino, actually. Oh, yeah, he did uh, Angels in America and that got him an Emmy, I'm pretty sure. Yep. And then he did a Shakespeare revival and that got him a Tony. All right. He already well, that's a, that's clearly a nice question. It.
1: That's a nice question. There you go. All right. Um so we're three and four. I guess we take one more to try to go out on a high note. Let's go to John and Great Neck. John, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, hey, what's going
4: on, brother? What's up, John? Um, all right. Now, question is as I feel,
1: it's feel not like you're as formulating as you this question as, as we speak at this moment.
0: No, 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 no. I, I got it. Um, the only country in the world where there are no mosquitoes. It's not as obvious as you think.
1: Now, ha- no mosquitoes? No mosquitoes. You can look it up when, once you get the answer. I mean, no mosquitoes? None. Right, so it's got to be Antarctica then.
0: That is incorrect. <laughs> um, it's actually, it's actually um, it's it's Iceland, which, by the way, is seventy percent of the country is covered in grass. So, but it's Iceland.
1: All right, we're going to have to look that up. Um,
3: I, I didn't like that one. I got it. Well, admit, you, you might I not have like
1: liked it, one. but well, it's not a great question. But th- there is no way that there's mosquitoes in Antarctica. There is. There's no way.
0: I was thinking that too, but I was thinking also, you know, it's a continent as opposed to a. Con- I don't know.
1: Yeah, but it's frozen.
0: You can't even yeah. walk
1: through Antarctica.
0: I don't. I don't love it. I don't love it.
1: Alright, we, we, we gotta, we're gonna, here's the thing. I feel very, I, and I think it's you, Ty. I don't think the questions were as good as they should have been today. And I think that the, the I'd like to challenge the Antarctica question as well. You're so throwing Ty, the challenge we, flag? I, I'm gonna throw the challenge flag. This is
3: going to a uh, official re- review?
1: Yeah, I'd like you to do your due diligence on the uh, Antarctica and see if there are, in fact, mosquitoes there. And if there are not mosquitoes there, I'd like to finish it five Should
3: months. I go to Antarctica and check it out myself? Or I should think I that'd be great because you have
1: nothing to do tomorrow. You weren't invited to the K-Holiday Super a good Bowl point. party. You have time on your hands. Make your way to Antarctica. Find out if you see any mosquitoes. If you don't, report back. If you do, then also report back.
0: You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.